Hey folks, I know you could be listening to one of a million different podcasts right now, and I am super grateful you picked this one. Welcome to The Human Show. I'm your host, Trish, a holistic life coach and a mom navigating this complex world of human emotions. Here, we will share stories, insights, research, and information to help you step into the most true version of yourself so you can be a happy human. Now let's get into it. All right. I'm excited to have a really cool guest who's also a great friend uh, who's joining me today. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I know about him. So my guest has been an engineering professor for 20 years, uh, teaching at North Carolina State University in the fiber and polymer science program. And in that position, he not only taught, but also mentored faculty, staff, students. Um, in 2010, he received the Professional Progress in Engineering Award from the College of Engineering at Iowa State University. And in 2007 and 2016, he received the North Carolina State University Outstanding Teacher Award and was inducted into the Academy of Outstanding Teachers. And before coming to North Carolina State, he was a postdoctoral associate at MIT, where he worked on improving the strength of brittle polymers using carbon nanotubes, which <laughs> kind of hurts my brain a little bit. Um, and currently, he is a certified adult chair coach. And in this role, he guides people on their personal journeys toward self-awareness, confidence, and authenticity. Welcome to the show, Russell Gorga. Oh, Trish, thank you. <laughs> I didn't expect you to do all your homework like that. <laughs> well, I got to say, I am sure that I barely scratched the surface here. So if there's anything no. you want to add, please do that. No, not at all. Thank you for that. That's that's really that's really awesome that you um, acknowledge my past life. I really appreciate it. I spend a lot of time and energy trying to be the best I could be to help our students and our faculty and staff. So thank you for that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was mm. 20 years is a big, big chunk of your life. Yeah, so it sure is. It's worth and, uh, honoring. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. And I'm just, I want to tell you, I'm so excited to be here. And uh, I've been looking forward to this since, uh, since you asked me to be on and in full transparency of being open and vulnerable and authentic. I was nervous, like <laughs> in the middle of the night, like with jitters, like, wow, this hasn't happened in a while. <laughs> so, so here we are. <laughs> Yeah, but I love your show. Um, I've heard all episodes, and I just love that you come also just really authentic and vulnerable, and with like with what you do. So thank you for bringing this to to the uh, to the world. It's really well needed and appreciated. Thanks, Russell. Um, well, the reason I asked you to join me is because I wanted to talk about uh, the idea of you know following your path mm. in life, and you know. I see a couple big components to that. And one is knowing what your path is. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is figuring out how to get there. And, mm. you know, I would guess that since you were a professor for 
20 years at some point when you were younger science was your path and then maybe teaching was your path mm, yeah right yeah it's uh it's an interesting story um i didn't know what my path was when i was younger and i it was a classic case of um well you're good at science and math so you should be become an engineer very <laughs> classic case of that and so i grew up I'm kind of very artistic and was very into music, like love music. Um, and also, um, you know, had, had some, uh, had some math abilities and whatnot. And, you know, quite frankly, honestly, I didn't think I had the aptitude to be good at school. I don't want to say smart, but like in terms of school smart, um, until later in high school, when I realized like, Oh, I like math was just, it, it just came to me at the time, you know, and it, it was something that I could do. And then that's when I began to get the confidence that like, oh, I can do this. But um, I fell into engineering sort of by accident. And honestly, my mom kind of thought that that was a great way for me to go. Right. And, you know, that this old saying is, you know, you're good at science and math, go become an engineer and then you'll get a good job and you'll get a good pay. And that's, that was like <laughs> That's honestly how it happened, Trish. <laughs> Although, you know, honestly, I did love Legos as a kid, you know, and I loved there. There was a thing, I think it was called girders and panels. Like it was like little tiny plastic I-beams. And I don't think they were nearly as popular, but you could build like bridges and, and buildings and stuff. And so I did spend countless hours doing that kind of stuff and drawing houses. I think genuinely, I probably wanted to more be like a, a, an architect, truly speaking. Um, and then my path was I went to Drexel as an undergrad because they had an architectural engineering program. They were the one of the only ones that did. And I got swept up in that and then really quite quickly changed majors because I had an instructor who basically made fun of everything I did. He used me as the example of what not to do in this art class. And I said, I don't want anything that is subjective. Like give me the most objective thing you can imagine. And so I, ch I changed majors and on a whim and became a material science and engineering major, which I had never heard of um, up until essentially that moment, you know, so that's how that path started quite frankly um, and had no aspirations to teach never even thought about grad school and doing any of that stuff um, until basically I was a senior and, uh, and a lot of my professors said, Hey, you should go to grad school. You'd be great at grad school. And I realized I did, I learned along the way how to study because I didn't know how to study an older guy who had come back. He had a different life and came back to school to become an engineer. He's very mature, had a lot of sort of discipline. He's, he taught me how to study. And from there, we kind of helped other people learn because we were kind of like, hey, we could teach this better than the instructors. Not that we were smarter, but we could relate to the students differently. And that's when I first thought like, wow, this is kind of what is moving me to be an instructor to help teach. And so that's how I got on that path. And then fast forward many, many years, I, I got to where I was and, and I liked it and I enjoyed it. Um, but there was a lot of things I didn't love. Like I didn't really love the science oddly enough, aspect of it. I love the human aspect of being in the classroom and how I could engage the students and teach them. And that became my passion. And everything else was a necessary sort of evil, so to speak, getting grants, you know, writing all these big sort of proposal applications and getting the grants and then, you know, writing the publications and, you know, doing all that was like sheer drudgery. And um, I got to a place where 
you know, I climbed the ranks and I, I became a full professor and then I, I, I got some leadership positions. And then I kind of had this life that I really liked because a lot of what I was focused on was helping the undergraduate students in the department. And, and that became sort of my passion at that point. And I got to a place where I was like, this is great. I, I finally got where I wanted to be. You know, I'm helping students, I'm helping junior faculty, I'm even helping staff. And I became like the go-to person for people that were having issues. And it wasn't usually academic issues. It was usually personal issues that affected academics or their job function or whatever that was. And I was like, okay, I, this is where I, I'm intended to be. Um, and it wasn't until really getting in, starting to get into the certification, I thought, wow, my life could be radically different. And that's kind of where that, that seed really took root about finding the fact that I didn't have to be a professor for the rest of my life. Like I had put this box around me that this is what I was and this is what I was going to do until I retired and, and didn't work at all anymore. And it was on this pre-call with, with Michelle Shelfont, the founder of the program. And you may have been on it. I don't even remember. It was kind of like one of the preliminary, you know, tell people about the program. And she used, used the word, we put this box around us as how we define ourselves. I think she was talking about it more in the context of what our earning potential was. Like we think we're only can make this amount of money. But I, I, what I heard was I had this box around me that I was an academic, like I was a professor and that was how I had to spend the rest of my life. And it was in that moment, it was November-ish of 2022 that I, um, I was like, wow, this is a different path that I, I this is where I want to go. And it is like, is that moment I knew that I didn't know how I was going to get there. I didn't know the timeline I was going to get there, but I knew that was where I, that where I was going to get to. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, some people um, will talk about um, like a, a calling, you know, and mm -hmm. um, this is my calling or I'm trying to find right. my calling. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I kind of see it as like, it's like this, um, it's this internal pull you know and I'm wondering if you know would that be a good way to describe you know while you're being a professor is that kind of something you experienced like you're like okay yeah. this is working but there was there felt like a little pull in some other direction yeah yeah absolutely and I think um I think for me it was I've had this in me for like ever you know I'll say like forever but I never knew you know and I, I also kind of grew up with the mentality of you know a job is a job and you don't necessarily love what you do you just do the job and so I guess be when things came really naturally and easy to me I didn't think that they were important or meaningful as silly as that might sound to say but it's true and so even from a, a younger age, like college and even maybe even high, oh, high school, I would say I remember in high school, friends would come to me with big problems, you know, big problems for any adult, like let alone thinking about someone who's in high school with all this stuff that comes with that. And I was like the go to person for guys and for girls. Like I had a lot of, you know, guy friends and, and girlfriends that came to me for support and things like that. And then you know, that extended through college and that extended through my um, adult life with friends and family. And then obviously as a faculty person, you know, students, and then, like I said, you know, faculty and staff and whatnot. And I just became like, that was who I was. Like I was that person, but like to think like, oh, I could have that as a career, like 
it didn't enter my mind. You know, I had a, a really good therapist and she would like say, Oh, you would be, you would be such a good therapist. And you know, all I could think was, yeah, maybe, but I'm not going back to school. Like (laughs) (laughs) I spent way, way north of a decade in higher education. I was not at all going to pack that up. I got to go back on that pathway. So I think it was inside me all along. And like I said, when I got to this good place where I was in my work world, I was helping people and I, and I kind of, maybe it was a little bit of a rationalization. Like I wasn't fully fulfilled with every aspect of my, my work life, but I I was by and large, I was doing what I wanted. I was supporting a lot of students and supporting a lot of faculty and and, and other staff. And that, that was rewarding, but there were still a lot of things I I had to do that I didn't want to do. And it wasn't until that coaching call and then really when we got to Charleston as our, our four or five day intensive, when we, when we finally met and we were all together, like at that point, there was no turning back. Like after I realized the power of having a really meaningful coaching session, even when we were doing the mini ones, but then, you know, especially when we started doing our practicum hours and the impact I felt I was having on people I was coaching and the impact that people that were coaching me were having on me to me, that was it. Like I, I couldn't go back, you know, it was like, it would be, it would be really hard for me to have a really great coaching session, either giving or receiving and then have to go to campus and have to do with a bunch of like stuff I didn't want to do with like administrative stuff. Like I just, and every moment it became clear to me, like I got to get out sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like sounds like you've been coaching since a very young age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> you were coaching, didn't never, even know it. <laughs> never charged a dime for it either. <laughs> you got to look at all that like real life practice you got. Yeah, right. I mean, I got, yeah, that's, how many practicum hours do I really have? That's, a that's good valuable. <laughs> if only you had logged that. I mean, <laughs> um, oh. all right. So let's, you know, so the the big point here is that you left this career of 20 years because your path became very clear to you and you just wanted to go a hundred percent into that path. Yeah. So, which is a big, it's a big deal to leave a successful career, a long time career and to move into this. So, um, you know, it sounds like, it sounds like there were definitely some um, indicators along the way um, that influenced this decision. And like you're saying, it's even as far back as high school, but just thinking about your career, it sounds like when you started realizing that you could teach things to others Mm. and that's where it sounds like that's where you like that lit you up. sounds like that really lit you up and you're like, I want to keep doing this. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so would you say that's probably one of the things that kind of started steering you <laughs> toward? Yeah, yeah know? absolutely. And I think the other thing that was interesting about sort of what happened during like the height of COVID when we were, you know, quote unquote lockdown and everyone was, you know, learning remotely and working remotely and, you know, everything was that way. Um, 
you know, it was, it was really, it was, then it became okay for people to talk about their sort of mental health issues, at least in my community, right? And so instead of, you know, mostly I was dealing with students that were having difficulties with coursework and content, which usually stemmed to something else, but it was, that was under the surface. Now I was dealing with, with students that were just having a lot of mental health issues. And I, not to that say I, I was happy that that was happening, but I enjoyed that work with them. And I was not obligated to do this work, but I wanted to help them understand that they were going to be okay and could get through it was really meaningful for me. And then sort of, you know, when we came out of COVID, I thought, okay, the world's a different place now. Like we're all going to be much more in touch with mental health and sort of emotional well-being and, and, and things like that. And then it seemed like for me, what I noticed is things just turned back the other way. And then it was just, it, it almost, it, it was just, be, it became a, a, a difficult environment for me to, um, to thrive in anymore because I wanted to have a bigger impact than I felt I could have given what I was, you know, my charge of what I was, what was doing in my career. And I think that was, that was the pivotal moment for me that I wanted to do more than I was doing um, in, in a, a different way for me. And as I think the bottom line is like, I changed something about me realize like yeah what i did had a huge contribution and I'm, I'm proud of everything that i've done and the impact i've had and and i've gotten so much great feedback from former students that still stay in touch with me and whatnot but i was just like it was sort of like you know you're you're, you're kind of in this world and you just see your edges and, and and that world feels okay and you're happy but then you get a glimpse of something that's out there further that you had no idea was there before and then once you see that, you're like, wow, there's a whole nother world out there that I had no idea was there. And once I got exposed to that and the impact that, you know, we could have as coaches and, and doing the work of the adult chair, it just, it just transformed me. And that was really, that was sort of like, you know, how quickly can I do that? You know? And so, like you said, like, I, you know, I jumped off the cliff. Right. And so, I had a plan, right? So January, 2023, right? When we left Charleston, I had a plan. My plan was, okay, we get certified with our coaching you know, certification in June of 23. And so that gives me a whole year, right? So I could transition. I could start trying to build a client base and transition from June 23, say, until you know June 24. So that's one more essentially academic year for me. And then by the end of the summer of 23, beginning of like the fall semester, I was like, I, I, I can't do this. Uh, like that was it. I was like, I've got, and I didn't feel like I could walk out in the middle of the, you know, the beginning of the fall semester, right? I didn't think that would be fair to the students, to my colleagues and whatnot. But I also knew I couldn't make it till May 24. I, I couldn't, like I just physically, emotionally, mentally didn't think I could do it. And that's when I just said, it'll be the end of the fall semester, which happened to be the end of the calendar year of 23. And that's, that's what I committed to. Okay. And I'm curious, um, you know, about the reactions you got, I imagine people that have worked with you for a long time and you drop this bomb, <laughs> you know, like, I'm curious what kind of, you know, kind of resistance. And if there was any like pushback, you know, from 
colleagues or even people in your personal life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a really good curiosity. (laughs) It was like, uh, it was really funny because, um, there were essentially two responses I got from, from anyone, from students, colleagues, friends, family, even it was like, one was, Oh, I hope that works out for you. And that was totally like, you know, read between the lines is like, are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> like that was like a, the politically correct way of saying like, are you, have you lost your flipping mind, dude? Mm. <laughs> And then, and then there was another response that was, oh, wow, you'll be really great at that. I'm so excited for you. And I was like, right there, I was like, I could tell that person and, you know, whether they were a family member or a friend or whatever, like if they got me and whether our sort of energies resonated with each other, just based on that response, it was really, it was really yeah. pretty amazing. Um and that's a general, that's a general, you know, overview, but the, yeah, the nitty gritty is I got a lot of people that um, wanted to be the very, and remember I'm in engineering, right? And so it's very analytical, like analysis based, like we've got a list of pros and cons. So a lot of people that were scared and resistant were, you know, giving me the you know, a huge set of cons list. Right. And so you know, like you said, not only did I have a job for 20 years and I was successful in it and had an impact, but it was also like for your, your audience, your listeners, I assume people understand what tenure is, but being a tenured professor is like, kind of like you've got a job for life unless you do something that really scares me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like talking about something that's a pretty hundred percent certainty unless something tragically dramatically goes wrong. I mean, that was, that was the thing that was hardest for me. Um, Cause you know, my heart was pulled, my heart was pulled to it. I felt it. I felt the pull, the internal feeling, but then the analytical brain would kick in and be like, what are you doing? Like you've got a paycheck. Like it comes in, it, it comes in at the end of every month and it's basically the same amount of money every single month and that was that was something I had to like convince myself that I could let go of you know not you know obviously the paycheck but the you know the health insurance the other benefits that came along with it like that was the thing and so um yeah so I I then I I guess what I long story short on all that is I, I made the decision that I didn't have to convince anybody of anything and I didn't have I didn't really it would be great if people supported it, but I honestly didn't, I got to the point where I didn't care. And it was almost like, I wanted to see if I told someone which which of those two responses I was gonna get. Like, oh, I hope it works out for you. Or I'm so excited for you, you're gonna be so good at that. Like it almost became a game I try to predict. Oh, this person's gonna have this response <laughs> and, and, and whatnot. But no, but in, in, but in all seriousness, I was like, this is what I, you know, it was probably one of the first times in my life that I, I was so strongly um, had such a strong conviction about it that I genuinely didn't care. Like, and, and I don't mean that to sound cold or whatnot, but it's like anyone could have the response that they want and it's not going to influence me or impact me. Like nothing anyone could do was going to get me to change my mind. Like nothing. Like even someone had mentioned some, um, package that some of the UNC systems were giving for early retirement. And um, 
like dangling that carrot. And I did look into it and it turned out I was not eligible for it. Well, my institution wasn't, wasn't eligible for it, but I was almost like, is the universe testing me here? Like what's happening? Like, are they, some are things getting dangled? And I was just like, and then I thought like, even if, you know, I was going to get some package, like if I had to stick around for longer than I had committed to, like, I didn't feel like I could do it. And it didn't matter what anyone thought. It really didn't. Yeah. Well, I want to go back to, um, you know, the part you talked about with um, feeling, you know, once you, once you made a decision, you start sharing it and then mm. your analytical side kicks in and it's like, yeah. oh, wait, a, wait a minute, I have a paycheck and I have this and I have this and I have job security. Um, and I think that is probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest thing that stops people from following yeah. the path is when that side kicks in, it's that logical side that's like, no, 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 th this is what makes sense. And pushing through that is really scary. So <clears throat> I just want to know if you could talk a little bit more about that process yeah. for you. Um, Cause I'm sure it wasn't like overnight, like this was probably a time when you, things were, you were processing this and had to sort of tell your analytical side to just, you know, sit down, <laughs> sit down, <laughs> chill out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I, I, it's like, it's funny. Cause you know, those days went by and it, it was, it was, ag it was agonizing at points. Like I was just, I walk a lot and, you know, during my walks, I, I was spending a lot of time thinking about it and, and doing the ping pong back and forth uh, um, about it. And then, um, you know, the universe is sending us signs all the time, all for all of us, you know, you could call it universe or God or source or creator. It doesn't really matter what you want to call it, but it's happening. And when you tune into it and you start seeing them all over the place, it's, it's, it's about trusting yourself and trusting the universe. Um, and here, this was a big learning for me, Trish, because what happened was, um, I said, I always, I, you know, for years and years, I've been saying, I trust the universe, I trust the universe. And, um, and I, I would just, um, I believed it. But what I realized was through this process, one day when I was still feeling the resistance to it, I had this, I had this realization that even though I said I was trusting the universe, I wasn't really trusting myself. And if I wasn't trusting myself, I wasn't really trusting the universe, right? Cause it's all one and we're all, it's all entwined all the energies. And so I had to really sit down and sort of ask myself why I wasn't trusting myself. And it was, it was just the fear of the unknown. Um, and then, you know, that's what it came down to for me. And then once I, I said, I'm going to trust. And, you know, one of the big intentions I put out for 2023, which I started at the end of 2022 was a year of, of radical transformation for me. I put it out for myself and my family and my friends, even my acquaintances. Like I just wanted that. I wanted that year to be that for everyone that I, I interacted with. And then I thought like, I'm resisting my own intention I've been putting out for almost a whole year because I'm afraid of the unknown. And if I truly trust myself and if I truly trust 
the universe around me, then it's all going to work out and everything's going to be okay in the way it's supposed to be. And the signs just kept flying in from like finding a hawk feather when I really needed to hear an answer. And it was just this beautiful hawk feather that was right on the sidewalk as I got out of my car on campus, like moments like that and just things happening all around. I just couldn't resist it anymore. Yeah. Uh, you said something a couple of times that I think is huge um, is trusting yourself. And I think that's a big thing that stops people from moving forward or moving in a different direction is mm-hmm. not trusting themselves. And um, like you said, the, the science, like, you know, getting messages from the universe uh, and you listened for, I think for a while, maybe you weren't, maybe you didn't see them, maybe you weren't letting yourself see them or hear them, but at some point you started listening and that's key. Like you yeah. have to listen, you have, you know, and when you start listening, you're going to start hearing a lot more messages or, or seeing right. a lot more signs, right? Once you open yeah. yourself up to that. Yeah. Yeah. And if, and you put out intentions and, um, you know, we, we've been talking about intentions a lot and, um, in general, I've been hearing it a lot more in manifesting. That's what you talked about with Emily a couple episodes back and how to manifest them. And what, what the truth is, is when you're not getting your intention to manifest, it's really not in the highest good for you. And I kept trying to get things to manifest that weren't happening. And so basically I was turning a blind eye to what was really in my highest good. And then once I once I realized that and really honestly started to trust myself is when it really turned around. And then things just opened up in a different way. Things were happening that were easier. And um, I don't know, my days were just, it was reinforced by other signs that this was the right decision and the right path, which helped sort of sort of helps make you feel better or make sort of like you validate your sort of decision. But at the end, it was, it's really, was just about the, the acknowledgement of really being able to trust myself. And once that happened, it was, it was like absolutely nothing could turn me back. Yeah. Oh, Hey, you know what? I think this is a good time for who said that. Yeah. Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? So, uh, Russell, why don't you go ahead and share what you brought with for us today? Yeah, I um, I almost said it earlier. I didn't want to jump the gun a little bit. But, um, <laughs> so, as you know, we obviously we know each other through the adult chair coaching certification program and the you know the founder of that michelle shelfont has her adult chair podcast and when i discovered that podcast i just absorbed them like it was probably back in the fall of 2019 and out of all the shows i've heard every one um at least once if i'm going to quote one person from one show it would be tony burroughs it was episode 30 i know exactly the episode because i looked it up um and he's he is a long podcast it it ran close to an hour all about intending and and manifesting and at the end it was great because he brought 
brought it all back down and basically said, if you don't remember anything from this podcast, remember only this, envision only positive outcomes. And I say that to people every day, all the time. And in situations that have been really scary and hard for people that literally imminent danger was coming. I remember a student that his his family's farm was in Oregon during the uh, fires and it was, the fire was going to his family's farm and he was just, he was here on the East coast and he felt basically he couldn't help. And he felt like he was just, you know, didn't know what to do. And I, I would counsel him. I'm like, you just got to honestly, you can't say it. You got to believe it. And the fire stopped. There was a gully right between his pro his family's property and where the fire was and the wind changed directions. And it was at that border and went back. And that's incredible. Yeah. It's a huge story. I get, I get choked up thinking about it, but I mean, to everyone I've shared that with, and said, you got to feel it. You got to believe it. And and now to hear my friends say it to each other, and my kids will say it to each other. <laughs> and then the best church is when I'm down and I'm feeling like a doggy downer, someone will say it to me. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I don't get angry. I laugh. I'm like, yep, you're right. I've got to envision only positive outcomes. And that's what I was saying through the whole process of, I don't know what my business is going to be exactly and what that practice is going to look like, but I know it's going to be beautiful and perfect and I'm going to only envision positive outcomes. That's awesome. I love that. Mm. Envision only positive outcomes. Mm -hmm. And the, you know, the, um, I think I've heard that sort of that concept probably said in different ways. And I think what it comes down to is about where you're putting your energy Mm -hmm. And, you know, for a lot of us, we, the things that are hard for us, we tend to put our energy there because we're complaining about like things we don't like about our lives and like, I hate this part of my job or this mm -hmm. and that. So then that's where our energy is going. Yeah. So when we can change our thoughts, our visions to be something positive, what we want it, how we want it to be, then that's mm -hmm. where energy starts going. Yeah. Absolutely. And then that's how, you know, change can start to follow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And our, ener our energy, it's, it's vibrations. It's, it's a frequency. And so it's, it's real, like it's affecting everything around us. And, um, and if you're vibrating at a really low frequency and your energy is really feeling negative and you're in, and you're seeing the worst and everything, that's what you're going to get. That's what's going to, that's what's going to resonate around you and, and is going to come back to you. And um, it's, it's, it's really amazing once you, once you really believe it and feel it, how, how different everything looks and feels. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's kind of like saying um, what you want as opposed to what you don't want. Like a mm -hmm. lot of us will say, Oh, I don't want this anymore. I don't want this right. job anymore. I don't, you say what I don't want. I don't want this to happen. I don't want this to happen. And that is, again, where your energy is going mm -hmm. <laughs> toward the yeah. thing that you don't want. So it's exactly. even just yeah. starting with changing our words because then that will help us change our thoughts. So I want this. I, I want to be a coach. Right. You know, And like you said, you didn't know exactly what that was going to look like. 
I still don't. Quite honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> but I love. But you're. But you're open to what I, you know. I'm I want to be a coach, and I'm you're. Open you're open. Yeah, you're open to yeah. whatever it brings, and but you're putting your energy toward, you know, this thing that is your passion, which is really helping people. Yeah. Yeah. Helping people learn that they have it in themselves, right? Like helping people learn that they have it and they can help themselves. And it's really, it's all about them and they have the power to make any change that they want to do. And I'm not doing it for them. Mm -hmm. I just want to be a guide, right? I just want to like, I want to also be the person who's like, you can do this for you. And that's, I think the beautiful thing about the work that, you know, we've been trained to do and that we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Helping people see that they have the answers inside. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing because I don't, and I, now I got a couple other quotes that came to mind. I don't know who they, they're from, but one I always see on a post-it note laying around is if, if we're afraid of something, it means that we're not loving and trusting ourselves. Right. And so if we're moving through life and we're unhappy or, you know, we're fearing making a change and stuff, it's because deep down inside, we're not tuned into what we really know to be our truth and what, you know, what we really, what we really want and trusting that, you know, and I think that's, and I think once you unlock that, you, you're unstoppable. Like we're all these infinite beings, right? We're infinite, limitless beings, but we don't know that we don't, we don't, we've been sort of, it's been conditioned or programmed out of us and we got to remember to get it back. Yeah, we are, most of us are living uh, limited because that's what mm. we know. Like you said, that's what we've been trained because that's what our parents learned and their parents learned. And yeah, like you said, this mm -hmm. is in us now. So now we're trying to learn <laughs> to get out of the, the box yeah. that you talked about. Get out of the, get out of the box. <laughs> yeah, get out of our own get way <laughs> and uh, be limitless. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like what you were saying about um, your fear, um, what goes along with that, I think, is when you are so afraid of a change, it means that that's truly what you want mm. and where you need to be heading. If you weren't afraid of it, you wouldn't really care. And mm -hmm. um, so I want to go back to your your big decision to leave your career, become a life coach, there had to be some fears that came up there around that change. And I wonder if you, whether you recognized it then or kind of can recognize now that you were afraid of it because it was what you were meant to do. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, honestly, the only fear I had was a financial fear, quite honestly. It was, um, you know, I grew up in a household, you know, single mother, and, you know, she was always, you know, making ends meet. And we had a great upbringing. I mean, it was, it was a great, it was not like we were below the poverty line by any means. Um, but it was just, everything was like, I don't know where, how we're going to fix this. How, I don't know how we're going to get that. And I basically inherited that. Like I, I took that on as my financial belief. And that was the, that was the scariest thing because if it wasn't for that, I would have had no, I, you know, 
no reservation. I think that was mm -hmm. what I was holding on to. And, um, you know, my partner knew that, you know, I was going to be doing this podcast and sort of the topic. She was like, well, you, you, you don't want people jumping off the cliff if they don't know where their <laughs> next paycheck is going to come from. And so, you know, full disclaimer, I think it, it is important is, you know, I have, I, I, I saved a lot of money over the last several years. And so I, I am in a financial place where I can, I can do this without necessarily wondering, you know, how I'm going to put food on the table for my kids and stuff like that. And so I'm very lucky, I'm lucky, I'm blessed. I'm, you know, very fortunate that I, I had the financial security to be able to take this risk because if I honestly was living paycheck to paycheck, I don't know if I'd, I'd be in this, I, I don't know if I would have had the strength and the courage to do what I'm doing right now. So I think that was my only hesitation because everything else I was like, I love this. I'm getting a lot out of it. I know I'm having an impact because people have shared with me that I'm having an impact. And this is kind of what I've always loved to do, like I said earlier, with my friends and my family and whomever. And so it was really just the money aspect that was scaring me. Yeah, I think that's important to um, mention is that you didn't just jump blindly. You you knew where you wanted to go. You know, you felt kind of felt what your calling was and where you needed to be. But you didn't just jump mm -hmm. blindly. Like you said, what? you had um, you had a savings. You you knew that that would be covered. So I think it's just important to mention um, that you can find your passion and follow your passion. It doesn't mean you have to like throw away, <laughs> just walk away from all of your obligations. <laughs> it's, um, you know, once you know, once you have it, you knew, okay, I want to help people. This is it. I've, I want to become a life coach. Once you have that direction, then you can start putting other pieces in place to walk toward that, um, down that path. And yeah. um, yeah, I just wanted to mention that, that it's not like a, one, you know, it's not like a, okay, this is what I want to do. Psh, scrap the rest of my life. I'm going to go Absolutely. do this. It's also, you know, you, you were responsible enough to see where you were going and make adjustments to move right. that way. Yeah, exactly. And I think if my, if I, if I didn't have the, the financial security to just, you know, make the change quickly, I would have done the ramp up thing even though I would have not been necessarily happy, you know, I wouldn't necessarily been in my happy place with it, but I could have done it. And whether that would have looked like a year or maybe two years or maybe five years, I, I could have chosen that approach if, if, if my finances dictated it. It reminds me, there's, I, I think I got to look up. I, I just saw it on LinkedIn. Someone had posted a Ted talk. I think it's Andrew Levine. I got it. I'll, I can give it to you later if you want to put in the show notes, but he does a really good Ted, Ted talk on people's, you know, second careers later in life. Mm. And they did, you know, they collected a lot of data and they, they basically broke it down. I think it was, it was two camps. I can't remember if it was roughly 50, 50 or close, but he, he said there were the people that just jumped off the cliff. Like I did like, okay, I'm just, I'm done with this. I'm going to do, I'm going to do this new thing. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. And then that was one camp and the other camp where they saw a different path, but they weren't going to jump off the cliff and do it, but they were going to transition to it. And so um, he talks a little bit about that in that Ted talk and it's pretty good. And he actually speaks from his own experience where I think he says, 
when he left his initial profession, he had tried three or four things and like maybe, I think he said four and like two sort of worked out one better than the other and other two didn't. And so he had his own data points of, you know, successes and and not so much successes. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's the take home message for people that really, even if they don't know what they want to do, you know, I'm working with clients now that are in this similar position where, I've been doing this for 20 years or 15 years or 10 years. It doesn't matter. And I'm just not fulfilled and I don't know what to do. You know, it's kind of like the illuminated path approach that we learned about. Well, you know, you don't have to do something radical right away, but like maybe volunteer and, and figure out what you like to do. Like, do you want to go into, you know, the local school and, and, and tutor some kids in math, or do you want to go to the, you know, the, the art museum and, and, help people do tours or do you speak a foreign language and you can help translate for, you know, you know, medical exams or whatever that could look like to you. You don't have to just jump and do it. You could volunteer or, 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 you know, ask more questions and get more information and learn about it and sort of introduce yourself to it and sort of see where that goes. That's the beautiful thing about the illuminated path, right? You step on, that stone that's lit up and then you look around and say, okay, I'm here now. Now we're, you know, what's, what next is out there. And then you see a little bit further than you did in your last step. And maybe it's the direction you were planning to go. And maybe a, a new path opens up that you didn't see one step back and you go that way. And I think that's the opportunity for people that either don't want to, or feel like they can't just take that leap of faith. Yeah. I mean, the, the path is not always, it's probably rarely a straight line. It's probably very curvy. Um, a lot of rocks in the way, you know, my, <laughs> my family likes to joke about how long my resume is because how many times I've changed careers <laughs> trying to find my path. Um, and I think another good point is that your path can change. Like well, absolutely. I tried so many different careers trying to find what was my passion. Um, you know, finally, when I had started having kids and I became a stay-at-home mom, I was like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do, right? And that was it for a while, but then I right. felt I felt like so, so I was drawn to something else. And, mm -hmm. you know, the adult chair came up and I was pulled, I felt pulled and... Mm -hmm when the coaching certification opened up, I, I felt, you know, like a knowing I'm like, this is what I need to do right now. And that became my path. And then, you know, now I'm podcasting because that felt, mm -hmm. I was drawn to that. So, you know, I just, I, I want to let everyone know that the path could be, um, there could be a lot of um, brush in the way. Um, it might not always be very clear, but I think what's important is to keep looking for what that next, like you said, that next stone that's lighting up and look that way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Listen, just let yourself, let yourself go toward what you're being drawn to. Um, right. So, yeah, I like the reminder of the uh, illuminated path. Yeah. Follow your heart. <laughs> right. And see see what comes up where wherever you're at in the moment you know and i think um 
I think there's this perception where people will say like, oh, someone's just jumping from one thing to the next to the next. And, you know, they can make all kinds of projections about that. Well, they're just not happy. They're not a happy person or they can't make up their mind and this and that. And, well, you know, maybe there is some of that. But what you're what we're saying here in this conversation is not to just jump around because you're jumping around, but you're jumping around because you're pulled in a certain direction and, and being tuned into that pull right and from your heart and like opening up and like oh you know being a stay-at-home parent is really is really important to me and it really fulfills me at this particular time in my life and then when something else pulls you being tuned into that and saying oh well now I've done this and this is where my life's at and you know the kids are older or what it doesn't matter what it is and that but now I'm interested in in this direction and and following that and seeing where it takes you is this it's i mean it's really living from the heart it's really living from that authentic place of you know who we are and who we're evolving to be or already are and just really discovering who we really are it doesn't matter but it's just following that path of what your heart is taking you to do yeah and you know being open being open to whatever signs are showing up um, and being open to change. Yeah. I mean, you, you had to be very open to change um, to make the big change that you did. And you were open to it and you were listening, you were listening to the signs and you were listening to your heart because it was pulling you a certain way. Absolutely. And the funny thing is I, I was, I've always been really scared of change and, um, and I liked sort of, the stability right of things and like this is the first time in my life that I'm genuinely so excited for the unknown I didn't think I'd ever say that like I don't know what next a year from now we'll look back it's what February something February a year from now I have no idea what I'm, it's going to look like but I'm so excited for it and I know it's going to be so amazing and that is a new mindset for me and really opening up to that and envisioning only positive outcomes is just so awesome. I mean, that's amazing. I just want to, you know, take a moment and say kudos to you for listening and for developing this self-awareness to get to a place where you have no idea what the next year is going to look like. And instead of being terrified by that, which a lot of us would be, you're excited about it. I mean, that's huge. (laughs) Just, I'm like, it's just huge. And I'm, you know, I'm in awe of you and your, your awareness and your presence. And it's inspiring. Thank you so much, Trish. You're welcome. Um, I was going to ask you, just kind of put you on the spot, but, um, yeah. and we can talk through this together, but I was going to ask you, you know, cause you mentioned some of your clients that are having that come to you with issues about, um, maybe their, their path or what their purpose, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, if someone, you know, someone comes to you and they're either, they don't know their path or maybe they're on the fence about making a change to pursue what they think might be their path. Um, you know, and they're kind of, they're in that place of, fear and um fear of the unknown Mm -hmm. fear of the change um i'm curious what you would say or maybe what you would 
ask mm. right off the bat to get uh, get them curious and get them, I don't know, get the wheels turning. Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of like what our work is about is like getting is going chin down, right? As Michelle would say, um, it's sort of it's like trying to get out of the head and just drop into your body and sort of feel what kind of comes up in your body. And this is, that's the ideal case, right? And if we could get every client to just be able to do that off the bat, it, it would be, it would be easy. I don't want to say the word easy, but it'd be, it would be a wonderful opportunity for them to experience. But the truth is it's hard for people to do that, right? Without getting into it. So my, my ideal would be, you know, can we get someone to drop in and feel in their body, especially say it's, it's like, it's, a decisions coming up, like maybe there's a new job opportunity that they could apply for or whatnot. It's like, can you drop into your body and feel, visualize yourself in that position? Like, what does it feel like? Does, does your heart get light and do you feel, you know, fluttery or do you, does your stomach feel nauseous and you want to throw up? It doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is for you, but does it, does it feel open and good or does it feel heavy and, and bad? And, but people honestly, that's not easy for people to do. Um, and I used to do that with my students because, you know, of course, you know, their first job was a big deal for them. And in my mind, I would also, I would tell them, I was like, it doesn't matter. It's your first job. You go do it. And if you love it, great. If you don't, you'll find a new job, but that's not what they want to hear. And so if they have to choose between things, I, I suggest always have drop in and see what, what feels better. A, does A feel better? Or does B feel better? Does do both feel great? Then you can't make a bad decision. Do both feel horrible? Well, is there an option C? But that's really being able to drop in and, and feel it. And for those that can't, and that's what I'm dealing with a lot now is folks that are having a lot of trouble with that. And so what I come back to is more this idea of the illuminated path and, and, and just sticking your toe and literally sticking your toe in the water sort of concept. Like you don't have to jump jump off the high dive into the deep end, right? You could just, you could just stick your toe in the water. So, oh, I kind of always thought I'd like to work with, you know, kids with disabilities. Okay, well, is there some place you can go and volunteer with that is working with kids with disabilities, like a public school in your neighborhood? Is there an organization that that is doing that? And then, you know, people will have the resistance to it and then you can just help them talk through it. Well, you know, they're not going to want somebody with my background. I, 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 I don't, I've never been in education. I, I don't do anything with early childhood development. Okay, do, do you want to go down and just have a conversation? Maybe they just need someone to sit and read a book to a kid, or maybe they just need someone to play blocks. Like, do you even know what you could do? Oh, no, no, no. And I don't have, I don't have a lot of time. Well, do you, what do you do on the weekend? Well, you know, not really much. Okay, well, how about... How about an hour on Saturday morning? You go. <laughs> it's really about helping those folks get out of their own way and the resistance. And then it's like it's the stakes are super low, other than time, right? And so, oh, I went on Saturday, and you know, it was really challenging. Um, everyone was going in a different place. I left my head was my head was buzzing. I, I couldn't calm down for two hours. Okay, good. Well, now what? Guess what? Maybe that's not for you. All right. Well done we check that one off the list like, what yeah. else do you think you might <laughs> so illuminated path really right you stepped on that stone and 
man, I left and I just, I was mentally exhausted. I couldn't calm down. Okay, good. Well, guess what? Let's, let's not continue going down that direction. Now you've got that information. So what else opens up that might be aligned with sort of what you thought you liked about that, but doesn't have what was going on that made you stressed out or super anxious or whatever that was. Yeah. There are a couple of things you said. Um, one is, you know, resistance. And when you were mm. kind of listing off these, um, you know, hypothetical excuses, I think it's when there are excuses, that's, that's resistance. Like mm -hmm. when you're trying to make a change and you're like, well, I can't I don't have time. And there's this, and there's those things you're listing just that is your resistance. That's your internal resistance that there's some, maybe some fear, some self-doubt, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the part where um, you or another coach would come in and be like, well, let's just, let's just start there. Let's, you know, look yeah. at the resistance and, and feel that. Cause when you're coming up with excuses, because you're trying to stop yourself because you're afraid for some reason. And it's, yeah. so I, I'm, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause that's probably how a lot of conversations go when someone starts talking about making a change. Absolutely. Is that when those excuses come up, then it's like, yeah. ding, 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 there's your resistance there. Let's right. look at that. Yeah. And so there's different ways we could do that, right? We could drop into the body and say, well, where do you feel it in your body? Oh, there's my chest. It's a, well, well, what's there? Can you, what do you, can you visualize anything? What does it look like? Oh, it's this wall. It's like, it's like a big metal wall. What color is it? Oh, it's like dark gray. Well, where? boom, you've got an in. You can go right into that part and, well, do you want to get on the other side of the wall? No, I don't want to. I, okay. Well, what about, can we lower it a little bit? How high is it? It's way over my head. Okay. Can we, how about if we, can we get it so that you could just peer over it? Peek well, over it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we could, just, you know, things like that. But, you know, even if someone's not even ready to, to drop in like that, which is great if they do, and it's, it's fine if they don't too, but you could always go into like, you know, what's truth and fact versus story and assumption. Right. And so, if someone's like, well, they're never going to want someone, I don't have the right background, or I, you know, I've never, you know, I don't have any skills in this. I've never, I don't have any experience in this. Okay. Well, okay. That might be a fact that you don't, but is the assumption that they're not going to want you. Okay. The fact is you don't have the experience or you don't have the background, but now you're making the assumption that you're not going to be wanted for that. So let's find out for sure if you're wanted or not. So what do you need to do? You need to send an email or make a call and say, hey, I would love to volunteer for your organization. Here's my background. Here's what I'd like to do. You know, do you think there's a place for me? And then wait for the truth and the fact to come back. And the truth and the fact could be, no, they are looking for someone with a particular skill set or experience. Or the truth fact could be like, no, we, we would love someone that just is enthusiastic about wanting to do this. So yeah, when can we talk to you, right? And so now you've separated what's truth and fact from story and assumption and you've broken down that wall in that way. So you can do it inside the body by dropping in, or we could look at it by what's truth and fact and story versus assumption. And we find that we mostly live in that story versus assumption. And if we drill mm -hmm. down to what the facts are, the facts don't limit us. They just show us what is, and it's the story and assumption that is limiting us. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a really great point. The stories are what limit us. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. And that's, I think that's another common 
response to, you know, this desire for change is stories. We have excuses and then we start spinning these stories. Well, like you just said, oh, they're not going to want me or they're, you know, I mean, yeah. um, When I was considering the, doing the coaching program, I, you know, I had a call with one of the master coaches, Jenny Jansen, Mm -hmm. and I was saying, I was telling my story. I was like, well, who's, I mean, what happens if I do this? People are going to say, oh, you're, you're a stay-at-home mom for all these years. And then suddenly you're a life coach. Like that was a story that I was like, and she was like, well, is it going to be suddenly? Like, is this going to happen overnight? And I was like, well, no. And she's like, isn't there this long training? It's, you know, and she's like, it's actually pretty hard, you know, because I've done it. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, so it is breaking that down. And sometimes mm-hmm. you need someone else that you can, that can bounce that back to you and be like, let's hang oh, yeah. on, hang on. What's there's a story. What part of that is true, you know, and that's, that's a good way to help people break it down. Like you said, when they, when it's harder for them to turn in and, and look inside, it's just looking at fact and story. Yeah. I think that's a good way to just start, start breaking things down. Yeah. 100%. Um, and another thing you meant, another word that caught me was when you said information and you were talking about, you know, someone trying something. And then it doesn't go well, or it wasn't mm-hmm. what they expected. And then you said, oh, okay, well then that's information. And yeah. I love that you said that because sometimes people try something new and it doesn't go the way they wanted or the way they expected. And they're like, oh, well, I'm terrible at that. Or that was a failure. No, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of toss it aside. And, um, you know, I like to say that there is no, there is no failure. It's information. And lots of people have said this, you know, Wayne Dyer talks about it too. There is no, like basically no such thing as failure. Mm-hmm. It's information. If you do something and don't get the expected result, now you have information and you can make an adjustment Absolutely. and try it differently. Absolutely. So I love that you mentioned just getting information yeah. from, you try to uh, try to a stone in the path <laughs> And it went awry. Okay, now you got some information. Let's try a different stone. Go a different place. <laughs> yeah. When I was in uh, when I was in grad school, I used to do these experiments in this other professor's lab, and I, I'll never forget because I was not having a great time in grad school. It was not my cup of tea. <laughs> and uh, and she had a sign on her door of the lab that said, "There's no such thing as a failed experiment, as long as you've learned something from it." And I've always kept to that in any in anything. You just substitute experiment for experience in life right did you learn something from it like it's equally important to learn what you don't like to do or what you don't want to do as it is to what you do want to do because then if you're learning about what you don't want to do or what doesn't bring you happiness or fulfillment you're taking that off the off the plate right and so then you can hone in so then you can oh i don't like this I know that I don't like that because I've experienced it and it didn't bring me joy or whatever, then, okay, so what, then this is, it limits the number of choices that you have and helps drive you in the direction of what you do like and what does bring you joy. Yeah, that's a great point. I'd like to maybe leave people with a couple, um, I don't know, just maybe a couple nuggets of information they can take with them. And Mm. I'm thinking of two two parts here. And one is for people who are maybe not sure 
what their path or their purpose is, but they feel like it's not where they currently are. Mm-hmm. And then the other, the other part I wanted to touch on is um, people who have an idea where maybe where they want to go and it means making a big change. So um, for the first one, someone who's not sure their path um, or their purpose and, but they feel like it's different than what they're doing now. My question, well, my suggestion would be for them to ask themselves what lights them up. Right. Like I mentioned earlier, like for you, when you started helping, you were in this certain career, but then it was when you started helping people and it wasn't about the science and it wasn't about the material. It was about helping people that lit you up. And I would encourage people ask yourselves that just give yourself a few minutes to sit close your eyes and just think about when, when do I feel like joy? When do I feel like Mm -hmm. excited and like inspired? Um, What are the things that light you up and start there? So what would be your kind of, what would be your tips for someone who's trying to figure out where to go? Exactly. That, that's a great, I think that's a great suggestion, but I think also a lot of people are sort of so closed off that they i could see people responding like oh nothing i i you know i don't like anything you know there's nothing about your job no all of it's all of it sucks or whatever and so i think if what you're suggesting doesn't necessarily resonate or work with someone like another approach could be like well what did you like to do when you were a kid Mm. you know what brought you joy as a kid right oh I, i used to love to ride horses, or I, I used to love to play with a family cat, or, you know, there was this dog in the neighborhood that um, would always come up to me and I'd pet, I just, you know, when I pet that dog, I just, I guess feel so warm. Oh, like, is there an animal rescue in your town? Yeah, I mean, it's in the county, it's maybe 30 minutes away. Well, do you think they need anybody to like go in there and help out with the cats and dogs? I don't know, but why don't you call them and see? And then why don't you go there and do whatever you, they need you to do with the dogs and the cats and whatever. So like going back to your earliest memories of like, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, what, what made you feel okay, even when you were a little kid? And is there something there that you could jump off of? To me, it's all like these seeds that are there and like where do you where do you take that seed and jump from there well it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean you're going to go to vet school and become a vet but maybe there's there's a there's a pathway that enables you to work with animals in some way that doesn't require a lot of formal education that brings you happiness and satisfaction and you're making a difference what does that look like for you what's what's your memory as a kid that brought you joy yeah i love that i love that idea what did you love doing as a kid? Yeah, that's such a great one. Um, and I think what's also important to note is if you say, oh, well, I loved, you know, I loved, you know, being with being around horses, like you don't have to quit your job tomorrow and go work at a stable. Mm. Um, no. What I think is important to get from this is to start getting curious yeah. about yourself. It's like Absolutely. our our teacher Michelle says it all the time. Get curious. Just curious. And that's Absolutely. it. Like that's step one. Um, is start getting curious about about you. And and yeah. listening, listening to what you're percent. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. Like go to the grocery store and you see this little kid that just looks really sad. And like, you, you look at that little kid and you're like, Oh, like, Oh, maybe helping, helping little kids is what's bringing me meaning or what doesn't matter what it is. But if you, if you open your eyes and you get curious, like you said, it's really about getting curious what comes up. And then how do you explore? And you can explore that a lot of times in a low, very low stakes environment, like ask some questions to someone who is working in that area, volunteer, or just go look, learn, explore. Yeah. Yeah. Just get curious. And yeah. I mean, that could even play into the, the other option I wanted to talk about, which is people who are have an idea where they want to go and they're afraid to make that change and then you know what would be if they were a client that came to you what would be you know first step starting very very small and basic to kind of guide this person yeah i guess um the people that do have an idea Right. And, they, and they're not doing it right. What's the resistance? Like we talked about earlier, what's the, like the fear? People don't like the word fear. Oh, I'm, you know, fears, no one's, no one's running after me with a knife, but you know, it is, it, it is, it is a fear, right. And yeah. it's a resistance. And so how do we dive into that and, and see what that is? And again, that's going into the body and seeing what it has to tell you. But I think even, even at a different level, if you could sort of break down the resistance, like if you weren't afraid of, I, I learned this way before I got into any of this work. It was really a big decision I had to make when I was about 30. And I think it was a therapist that told me, like, if you weren't afraid of anything, what would you do? And that you're in your head a little bit. So it's not necessarily the work of dropping in and letting your body tell you, but if you can really be honest with yourself about if you weren't afraid of anything, what would you do? That at least points you in that direction. And then if you can really start to understand what the resistance is, right? I, I don't like change, financial insecurity. You know, there's there, we could list a hundred different resistances or fears that we might have. And again, just being able to, What's the best that can happen? Envisioning only positive outcomes. And, you know, we, we like to say, what's the worst that can happen? But I, I think someone else said on one of Michelle's podcasts, I, and I don't remember her name, she said she preferred the term, what's uh, the question, what's the best that can happen, right? And it's like, what's the best that can happen is I make a change and I'm really happy and I'm financially secure and my world's a happier place, which makes my family's world a happier place, which makes, you know, my, everyone around me a happier place. Like that's the best that could happen. Yeah. I mean, there are two questions there that you mentioned that are super powerful. One is if you were afraid of nothing, what would you do? And then the next one is um, what is the best that could happen? I mean, mm -hmm. you could, that could be a part one, part two, question right there about your path if you were afraid of nothing what would you do and then because once you say that i think for a, a lot of us we'd say oh i would do this i would you know let's go back to the horses i would ride horses i would you know um take care of horses and teach riding classes and mm -hmm. then 
typically what happens right after that is, oh, but right. I can't right. this and this and this and this. And, yeah. the, and I, okay. And that's fine. Let's, let's honor all of those. Write them all down even. Let's make a yeah. list of all the things, all of your, Absolutely. all of your things. And then if you did it, what's the best that could happen? Mm. Because that's goes back to envisioning positive outcomes. Yeah. What's the best Absolutely. that can happen. And then yeah. how does that, like, how does what that does feel? That like? <laughs> like, yeah, what's let's write, like let's write year? down. Yeah. Let's describe <laughs> that, you know? What's it look like next year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are, wow. Yeah. Those are two really awesome questions. Um, to, to get people like kind of moving through this. I love it. Yeah. And then if you can get them to drop in their body and really feel it, then you hit the jackpot for sure. Yeah. That's so that's step three. So we'll do one <laughs> question, one question two, and then, then we're going to drop in. So if feel you want to, yeah, if you're ready to dive into this, um, all of Russell's info is going to be in the show notes and you can, Cool. <laughs> get right Absolutely. into a, a session with Russell and drop in. Um, well, so um, how would people find you if they want to work with you? Yeah, absolutely. The best way is my website right now. Um, and it's just my full name. It's russellgorga.com. That's R-U-S-S-E-L-L-G-O-R-G-A.com. Um, I, I am on Instagram and, and Facebook, although I'm not super active there right now. But yeah, my website will get you to a free consultation, a 30 minute free, you know, no strings attached. Um, or you could book a one hour session um, through that site. And it, it has a little bit more background on sort of me and, and whatnot. So that's that's the place to do it. Yeah. And oh, I just remembered I want to share if it's okay that i share that uh, you're about to start a whole new amazing exciting adventure yeah yeah, yeah. so, so t- tell us about that actually i fly out tomorrow to nashville or outside of nashville to start the master coaching certification program which will run essentially starting tomorrow through i think the end of the summer time frame it's, it's about seven months so uh a little bit deeper into what we're doing, uh, what we've learned. Um, and, you know, it's just, I believe a lot more energy type work and things like that. So I'm looking forward to it, you know, and it's funny that you say that because if we rewind to a little over a year ago, like November 22, making the decision to join the coaching certification was a huge process for me. Right. And a lot of, you know, the pros and the cons list and, you know, what, all that, the cost benefit ratio, all those things, and never had any thoughts about joining the master coaching. In fact, I thought like, oh, why would you need the master coaching? Once you get the coaching certificate, you can sort of do whatever you want anyway. And then when the email started coming in to us in the fall, I was kind of like resistant and just not thinking about it. And then all of a sudden I read one and I was like, I'm going to do it. once you jump off the cliff you just can't stop jumping (laughs) off the cliff you just keep going (laughs) just keep going you're like oh this is the next the next stone has lit up in my path yeah like (laughs) nothing else is in my way you know i don't have a job to worry about getting in the way (laughs) Uh, it's awesome it's like once you got yourself out of that box it's like look out here I come. Yeah. <laughs> I'm free. Limitless, I'm free. Limitless infinite beings. Absolutely. 
Oh, it's awesome. I'm, I'm so excited for you. And I can't wait to hear about this journey. This is going to be just a whole nother part of your journey is going Absolutely. through this program. And mm -hmm. yeah, can't wait to hear about it. And um, yeah, maybe you can come back on the show during the program or after the program when you're a master coach. Absolutely. You invite me, I'll be on. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> you get feedback. There's been too much Gorga. Let's <laughs> Yeah, scale dial down the Gorga a little bit. <laughs> never. Oh. There's never too much Gorga as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, thank you. Um Thank you so much for being here. It was so fun to yeah. chat with you today. This is awesome. This has been really great, Trish. It's been, thank, again, thank you so much for inviting me. I think what you're doing is just so wonderful. It's just so awesome to have this conversation with you. I really, really, really appreciate being invited on. Thank you. I do. I appreciate your time and um, sharing all of your wisdom and and being vulnerable and real. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it's all about, right? That's what we're trying to help people tap into. So if you're not going to, you can't walk the walk unless, you know, you can't talk the talk and not walk the walk, right? As silly right. expression goes. So. Well, thank you. And um, for everyone listening, as always, you are enough just as you are and you are loved. Make a great day. <laughs>